However, understand all COVID did was highlight the disparity. We already knew it was there. Sure. But it made it so abundantly clear that it was impossible to ignore. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. Hey, would you like to be a guest on Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham? The link is in the show notes. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this 123rd edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. So excited to share with you all. But before we get there, today's show is sponsored by the COO team, as well as Milestone Mental Health Agency and Apex Financial Group of Virginia. Uh, also thankful to uh, our top sponsors, Bank of America, Starbucks, Cox Communications, Centera, as well as Coca-Cola for your generous, generous sponsorship. Jumping right into today's program. We have two awesome entrepreneurs joining us. They are entrepreneurs and side hustlers, the first of which is actually Mr. Marcus Calabrese, uh, known as a political operative, a public relations consultant uh, to his credit. Councilwoman Shannon Kane, as well as Councilman Michael Berlucci, Mayor Bobby Dyer uh, with the City of Virginia Beach, uh, with the City of Newport News, Patricia Woodbury, as well as uh, Commissioner of the Revenue, Tiffany Boyle. Um, Marcus Calabrese has also been instrumental uh, as really the drive force behind the Virginia Minority Business Commission, first of its kind, uh, here in the in the state of Virginia. Uh, and he sits on several relevant boards uh, for Hampton Roads, including the Food Bank, as well as Susan G. Komen and Black Brand, Hampton Roads Regional Black Chamber of Commerce. So we're excited to uh, talk today with Marcus, who has some interesting ideas uh, about what takes place uh, in the political landscape that he wishes to share. So Marcus, good to see you kind of on this side of the mic. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm used to scheduling other people to come and talk to you. Exactly. That was kind of our space for a while, but I was grateful that you um, sent over these ideas. I think it's certainly uh, a relevant conversation that, that needs to be had. So maybe you could just speak to kind of your uh, impetus. What kind of pushed you over to say, you know what, I need to, I need to get behind the mic. I need to, I need to share. Well, um, it, it's it's definitely uh, different to talk about it, but you know it's it's a little challenging, um, and and it can be can be kind of frustrating seeing all these campaigns uh, that are going on and um, and meeting some of the candidates and having met um, so many politicians. Um, before I hope and, and I really want to encourage voters and help kind of educate voters on some of the things, some of the pitfalls to look out for when it comes to these campaigns, some of the questions that they should be asking um, and really kind of give these campaigns and the candidates um, really challenge them to really take it as, as more of a responsibility instead of just an opportunity to ascend to higher office or even just a different office, um, you know, if they're not already elected. But, but really, just really kind of want to push voters and the general public to really ask tougher questions um, that should be asked. And a lot of them are just things that people might, might overlook. Yeah, I think you raised definitely an interesting point that there's got to be a bit more 
uh, kind of voter responsibility, right? Instead of just what we've seen um, right. moving based on popularity, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and I know you, you bring such a breadth of experience to, to this conversation and working directly with the candidates. Um, you talk about the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on the black community, right? What becomes the conversation that we need to be having now uh, with elected officials? Well, what I would love for for someone to ask, I'd love for everyone to ask, for these elected officials who are currently there, and especially the ones who are running, I want to know, and everyone should want to know, what have they done prior to COVID? Now, uh, you know, in the sense of, of course, people voted for stimulus packages, they voted for increasing grant levels across the board, and there's a lot of things that they have done that we aren't aware of. and But they'll be sure to tell us that. They'll be sure to tell us the good stuff as they should, and they should get credit for that. However, understand, all COVID did was highlight the disparity. We already knew it was there. Sure. But it made it so abundantly clear that it was impossible to ignore. So with these elected officials who are already in office, knowing those disparities were there, having seen the numbers of those disparities prior to, what did they do beforehand that not could have necessarily prevented COVID, but would have had communities better prepared? That's yeah, and I think that's a fair question. Um, did they vote for Medicaid and the expansion of all that? That's wonderful. What piece of paper, what legislation did this state senator or this state delegate's office, what did they sponsor? Not what did they co-sponsor? What paper did their pens touch? What did they do? What funding did they advocate for? Um, you know, now if if a delegate or a state senator said, well, I tried to create more free clinics, fair game. You know, that's the kind of, you know, or, well, we try to get uh, more support for nurses. Okay, that's something. But if someone just tries to give lip service to say, well, you know, uh, you know, I we work to expand Medicaid, and that's why we always no, no, no. What did you do? <laughs> you know, to actually, I, I, and I think people really need to ask them that. What did you do prior to COVID? Prior to um, the abundance uh, of awareness? Of, I'm not sure that's the right phrase, but we always knew there were issues with uh, police brutality. What did they do beforehand? Did Have they ever toured a police precinct? You know, they don't have a town hall in the high-income neighborhoods. Have they had a town hall with these police officers to see, one, what in the world is going on? Number two, why are your arrests in this community higher than over here? And at the same time, what training do they need? I'm all for uh, fully staffing police departments and making sure they have better paid training. That's fair. But did they push for training? Did they push for um, not only making sure they get the resources? They'll always say, we need to make sure our police are fully staffed and they have the resources they need. What legislation did you pass to make sure that they were trained on special needs? You remember there was a, a situation a few years ago where a young man was shot and they found out he had autism. And that's not necessarily the police officer's job, but they're going to come across instances where they're going to be the only people who have special needs, people who have different religious cultures, people who have different different scenarios. And no one's 
we understand that they're people, but what type of legislation did they pass beforehand? I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but you know, but 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 things like that. We need to know what they've actually done in regards to these issues. Mm, okay. So so really your vantage point has to do with a lack of preparation, right? Mm-hmm. That a lot of the legislation that we're seeing now is reactionary. Um, whereas if there had been something on the front end, maybe this blow would not be as devastating. Is that? Yeah. 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 I was driving down. Um, if you go down uh, the ocean front of Virginia Beach and I'm trying to think of um, the part of the neighborhood. Um, but, but basically, so when you get out to the ocean front of Virginia Beach and if you just keep going left, um, not not by all the touristy area, but if you keep going left and you get towards Shore Drive, that is the smoothest street you will ever drive on. Mm. The street. They had to think about that beforehand. And it's a very high income area. But it's the same concept. You thought about it. It was something that you planned to do. It was something that you were paying attention to. They made sure that neighborhood was going to be taken care of. Okay, well, when we knew back in December and January that COVID was in China, then we knew it was in Seattle. Then we knew it was in New York. So we knew inevitably it was going to be, you know, it was, it was going to be something. We didn't know how big it was, but planning, basic, simple planning. Yeah. A lot of the planning that you speak of, you know, gosh, you know, cities have 50, 100, 150 year kinds of plans that they build and adopt, right? Um, so we're talking about, obviously, systems we're talking about institutions um my my personal vantage point probably doesn't matter here so i won't interject it i mean i i i can see where you're coming from i mean i do think that if we're going to participate then it pays to vet the candidates beyond what they're saying on the platform right yeah we can check their records I, i get it for sure you mentioned here as well uh, a piece regarding the Minority Business Commission. So, and this is certainly near and dear to my heart with the work that we do with Black Brand. Um, and in fact, if you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, talking with Marcus Calabrese, a uh, operative, a public relations consultant, a public servant of sorts, um, one of the driving forces behind one of the newest commissions in the state, the Minority Business Commission. What is what is the purpose of the MBC? Um, when you think about some of the other programs, you know, SWAM and Small Business Supply Diversity, what um, what does NBC need to do for for the minority business community? Well, it originally started, um, I, I've been passionate about it for a long time. And, um, and a lot of the credit goes towards Commissioner of the Revenue, Tiffany Boyle, and Councilwoman, former Councilwoman Shannon Kane of Virginia Beach. Shannon was the liaison. Um, while she was on city council, she was the liaison to the Minority Business Council there. Um, and they've done a lot of this work already at the city level. So we decided, well, how about taking these ideas statewide? So it's not something as simple, and I hope I get this right, but something as simple as debundling. So let's say the city's going to build 
a brand new school. Well, instead of giving that to one of the larger firms, one of the larger contract con, um, contracting firms, um, they can, sure, maybe the building is put up by the larger firm, but the AV equipment inside and the, the desks and the flooring and the, the bathrooms can be designed by local firms. You know, it, it gives everyone a bit, bit of a shot. There's a lot more to it than that. But why not take a lot of those issues to the state level? So uh, we had Tiffany Boyle, Shannon Kane, Councilman Benny Zang and Williamsburg get together uh, with the Richard Minority Business Office and um, and start really having these 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 discussions. And the point, the original point was to focus on two things. One, helping municipalities, helping cities across the state address their own disparities, kind of helping them set up their own shop, whether that's a minority business task force, council, commission, however they decide to do it. And in some cities, there might not even be that many minorities. Maybe they need to look at veteran-owned businesses. You know, maybe they need to look at women-owned businesses, whatever it was, to look at how they can set up a shop to get more opportunities and more equity in, in local cities. Secondly, was to provide a sounding board in regards to policy, and guidance for the General Assembly and the, the executive branch, the governor, lieutenant governor, et cetera. Uh, so that, that was that was the original purpose. Let me ask you this. Um, and this could be considered a tangent, but for those that may be interested in being a part of something like this, the Minority Business Commission or any kind of commission, how what is the process for joining such a group? How could I become a part of a minority business commission if that was something that I desired? Um, Is it a straightforward process? Is it, I mean, is there a website I can go to, a link that I can follow, an application I can submit? What would, you know, how could I get there? Well, um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but uh, but I'm going I'm to tell you the truth. <laughs> so right. there's, a, there's a process, and then there's a way that it happens. Mm. So the process is, you know, you literally can just Google uh, Virginia State Boards and Commissions, and a link will come up, and it'll show you. Click around. It's pretty pretty easy. Um, um, you've got to, you know, just look around, and it'll show you the different boards and commissions, and there are tons. Um, even when it comes to educational or economic boards, there's all, they even break them down into certain causes or areas of focus. So there's tons of opportunity. It is worth looking at. Um, however, <laughs> from what I've seen, um, yeah, you do apply. That is, um, that is important to apply. But then the uh, outside of that, you also want to uh, make sure that you do contact your General Assembly reps, your state delegate and your state senator. And um, a lot of times it's um, going to be, but yep, there you go. It's going to be um, not based on, but influenced by uh, your, your legislative person. Um, contacts do matter contacts do matter uh for instance i won't i won't give the individual's name but um, i was trying to help a certain individual get on a state board of commissions and we were told to apply just like on the website that you're looking at and so um, we did that and heard nothing for about a year and a half so we were doing something and started making a little bit of noise and um all of a sudden 
a state board of commission came available, <laughs> you know? Um, and so well, we were grateful for that. Uh, but there are a lot of these seats that are still available. Um, that one seat in, in particular had been available for a while. You know, we just we just weren't aware of it. So, um, but so it does matter uh, your contacts. Try to go as high as you can. If you know um, your local state senator or state delegate, and if they're brand new, sure they might be able to help you. But if you know someone who's been there two, three, four terms, that's even better. You know, that, that's even better. So contacts do make a, a huge difference in that. But they're going to say, go online and apply. And you Got should. It. Got it. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. And and is the NBC looking for uh, any particular skill set or? See, all, of, all of the appointments are done. Um, all the appointments are done. I will say that the cause itself. Um, and actually, let me pause there. Yeah. I've got like, oh my gosh, a, a bundle of other questions here that I know you wanted to talk through. Uh, we've got about four minutes to do it. <laughs> so if you're interested in NBC, you can reach out to Marcus directly. Marcus, drop your contact information. I'll make sure I share that again later in the show questions like how are campaigns staffed and where do these people come from yeah um (laughs) when when voters are talking to candidates um you do want to get an idea of kind of how they started there are some candidates like i remember trying to get you to run blair um sometimes sometimes good candidates do come from the community that is that is common um what is more common and more likely is when the party apparatuses themselves will select a candidate uh for instance um tiffany boyle commissioner of the revenue came from the community tremendously underestimated um they they truly underestimated her truly um today she's a commissioner of the revenue so that can happen Uh, david nygaard in virginia beach um tremendously underestimated Mm. Um, and there is a lot of story there Uh, we know that but there's even more Um, and uh, because originally we started running for Congress we were not the chosen one for that but we made we made some good inroads and um, some things happened um, that were unfortunate we asked two other questions in the three minutes we have left and we'll have to schedule some more time to talk because this is this is very interesting is bipartisanship real and then where does the money come from that impacts the races? And are you allowed to disclose these matters? I'm not, I'm not going to disclose everything. Okay. <laughs> because I, I, I'm not going to try to talk myself out of contract. But I know, that's what I'm thinking. Like, wow, you wrote these questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 if, but if anyone ever sees me working with a candidate, please know that is who I truly believe in for the right reasons. The money and a lot of the staff come from the same people. Um, there are certain establishments. Um, political establishment, business establishment. Um, there, there's, there's some at the very top, and that's who people usually and typically are very cautious about, and um, they raise red flags. Sometimes that's fair, sometimes it's not. I have seen um, that there are other, and people call them establishment or developers, 
There are other business owners who are very involved and very invested who do care. And those are the ones that you really want support from. Um, but the ones, the tycoons, the packs that are coming in, the vast majority of the money that you'll see spent in general assembly races this year will come from New York, Chicago, California, um, everywhere but here. So, so watch out for that. The staff usually comes from donors, um, political friends, um, political family members, and that's fine. But the challenge is if you want your candidate to talk about minority business issues or public health, if the staff or the Senate person, the, the Senate candidate came is they're 22 or 23, there's nothing wrong with young people, but they're 22, 23 years old and they haven't had an eviction notice they haven't had a car repossessed they they're not worried about student loans or how it affects their daily life and where their kid goes to school um so when when people talk to these candidates talk to their staff too because that's who's giving them the advice right before they come and talk to you got it marcus we're out of time man we got about we have no seconds left, but I do want you to just provide your phone number, email address. How would you like to be contacted if that's appropriate? Yeah, um, just 757-663-8720, um, 657-663-8720, um, and my email. Um, and if this goes on Facebook, I can just put it in there, which is Marcus at imagecapitalgroup.com. Marcus at imagecapitalgroup.com. Marcus, thanks so much. We'll certainly want to have you back. Maybe Thank next you. quarter we can get through <laughs> more of these things. I think this is an important conversation. Um, Save the date for HR RealCon 2021. It is our fifth annual real estate readiness event. Uh, why do we focus on real estate? It's an incredible way to build that wealth portfolio. This year, our event is in partnership with VHCDC. Uh, there are pieces on first-time home ownership, commercial real estate, flipping properties, wholesaling properties. Again, a free event. You can register blackbrand.biz. Hey, this is Seiko, DJ Seiko Varner, but you also know me as your favorite private money broker. So make sure you sign up for HR RealCon 2021. You definitely want to check out the workshops that I'm doing. Wholesaling and private money. Yes, make sure you register for HR RealCon today. Again, a free event. You can register blackbrand.biz. This show was brought to you by the consulting services of Positive Vibes Incorporated. We do debt restructuring. We help with credit repair. And we put money into the pockets of real estate investors. If you're a real estate investor, get in contact with us. If you need debt restructuring or credit repair, get in contact with us. 757-932-0177-757-932-0177. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black.